What's up, college baseball fans? Live college baseball is back. Flow Sports is your home for live and on-demand coverage of the biggest tournaments of the year, including the State Farm College Baseball Showdown, the Round Rock Classic, the Frisco Classic, and the Sanderson Ford Classic, and so much more. Go behind the scenes with exclusive interviews, in-depth tournament previews, and a host of college baseball-focused content. Subscribe today by going to flowbaseball.tv forward slash 11-P-O-I-N-T-7. That is F-L-O-Baseball.tv forward slash 11-P-O-I-N-T-7. And when you purchase a Flow Baseball subscription, you'll get access to an entire Flow Sports network of over 25 sports. Don't miss out. Sign up with flowbaseball.tv forward slash 11.7. That's F-L-O baseball.tv forward slash 11.7. We are so excited to have them on as an advertiser and sponsor. Flow Baseball has done so much for us already, and we're really looking forward to having them on in the foreseeable future. Guys, don't miss out. Please go and get a subscription with Flow Baseball to show your support of college baseball today. What is up, college baseball fans? We are back again after another weekend of college baseball. Some crazy stories going on, a bunch of you know, mix-ups in the top 25 and a bunch of series that kind of went other ways than we expected. But today on this episode, we're going to have our new top 25, which we just released on Twitter. We're going to have our mid-major top 25 again, which we just released on Twitter. And we're going to have fun things like debates between Jack Leiter versus Kumar Rocker versus possibly Ty Madden of Texas. Uh, we're also going to talk about how Dimitri went 9-0, and predicting the Houston Shriners College Classic, which is very impressive. The only person out of our 30 replies that did that, uh, which kind of hurts my pride a little bit. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, we're going to talk about cool things that happened with like Virginia Tech baseball coming up with their turnover chain-like celebration with the hammer. And um, you know, we're going to talk about Robert Moore from Arkansas and how he went off this weekend. There's just a bunch of things we need to talk about. I got about 20, 20 bullet points of things that we need to uh, discuss. So, Dimitri, welcome on the show again. What kind of stood out to you this weekend? What was one thing that kind of just off the top of your head you remember that was uh, the most memorable? Friday night, Ty Madden shoving it up Houston's ass. That's what I remember. And, dude, okay, I'm glad you started there because – I was I, t- I started tuning in about the sixth inning, and I was like, okay, how many more innings is Ty Madden going to go? And he was 98 miles an hour on his 100th pitch. Complete game shutout, 14 strikeouts. I guess this is where we're going to debate Kumar Rocker versus Jack Leiter versus Ty Madden because they all look like just men amongst boys out there. Unbelievable stuff from all three of them. But Ty Madden might have the best overall – like MLB projections, like he's got the size, he's got the arm strength, he's got the durability, he's got the off-speed pitch. Ty Madden from Texas is going to be a problem for everybody he faces this year. The crazy part is a lot of guys that throw that freaking hard usually have a little, you know, a little little craziness to them. Yeah, a little wild. Dude, dude, he was just – he was nails. Like, he would go in, out with his fastball, up, down. And he would – the biggest thing, the reason why I think it makes him so good, especially against Houston, is he was going – elevating his fastball, working off his breaking pitch. So that ball is coming in, looks like a fastball, and it just, boom, just drops off the table. And guys are pulling the trigger super early to react. Because high fastball, you got to get your hands up in three, you know, through the ball to have yeah, a chance. And- and, dude, he's like – he's somebody that I see and I just instantly see a heavy ball. You know what I mean? You know those guys that just throw the heavy fastballs that just don't get squared up ever? Uh, no. He's got that. And a lot of downward tilt to his fastball. And then you're right. That off-speed pitch, whether it's a slider, curveball, whatever you want to call it, it's wipeout. 
Like hitters have no chance against it. So we saw him opening day, first game of the college baseball season, 11 a.m. at the, the Arlington Classic, the Arlington Showdown, State Farm Showdown, whatever you want to call it. And Mississippi State actually kind of hit him around a little bit. And that's when I was instantly like, okay, maybe he's a little overhyped. Well, he proved us wrong the last two weekends. He is phenomenal. Him, Jack Leiter from Vanderbilt, and Kumar Rocker from Vanderbilt, I think are by far the three best pitchers in college baseball, and it's not even close. I, don't, I, I mean, you know who else I'm a big fan of? Gunnar Hoagland from Ole Miss. He, he's just a notch below, though. Like, just a notch. Like, I don't think he's in the same discussion at all. I'm Hot take here, Ben. Hot take here. Of those three pitchers, Kumar's not my number one. Yeah, he's he was definitely everybody's number one coming into the season. Everybody on social media. I was afraid. I was afraid to say, but even last year, I I mean, I'm not saying he's not good. He's he's a really damn good pitcher. He's like really good. He's elite. But I was afraid yeah. to say say it that he's not my favorite. He's not my number one. I dude, is it is it safe to say? I mean, this is gonna definitely come back and haunt me. But right now, if you had to rank Ty Madden, Jack Leiter, and Kumar Rocker for me as far as who I won on the mound in the college world series game three of, you know, to win it all. I, I think I'm going in the order one to three. I think I'm going Jack Leiter one Ty Madden two Kumar rocker three. And I know it's going to come back and haunt me. And I know my Ben Upton jinx is a real thing, but good God, man. I, I just think that the other two guys give you a better chance to win because they have so many different ways. I don't know even what I'm trying to say. I'm talking myself out of it right now. What If you had to rank those three guys, Elimination Game, College World Series, what, what's the order you're going with? I'm going Ty Madden for the first five innings, and then I'm going Kumai Rocker for six, seven, eight, and I'm going Jack Leiter for the ninth. <laughs> that wasn't the question. I'm saying if you had to rank them one, two, three to start that game. Like, who's going to give you the best chance to win? So here's here, – I mean, it's so hard because I, I – Kumar, I feel like he's a, he's a big game pitcher. Oh, no he, doubt. You know, he's got that big game pitcher, but I think I'm going with Ty Madden. Just based off of his stuff or like – I mean, obviously he's never been Dude, on the same he just, stage. Oh, he's just too, too good. He – overpowering he's got a big breaking ball he's got command he's got height he's got deception he's got he's got everything you want in a bonafide number one but yeah but so do the other guys i mean it's okay but here's my thing with kumar kumar is, can get a little erratic he's not like jack lighter's got command too that's it was that's the biggest thing for me with kumar and jack lighter jack lighter command that fastball I'm sure he did. He commands all pitches. I mean, I think overall, Jack Leiter is the has the most pitch ability. Think about it this way, Ben. Think about it this way. His dad was not a power pitcher. He was a crafty, lefty, command, you know, like a Tom, Tom Glavin or Greg Maddox. Command, knows how to pitch, right? right. So what do you think Jack Leiter grew up all his life hearing him talk about? commanding pitching talking about pitching from a different mindset than throwing 98 blowing it by guy so now jack lighter's got the mindset of a pitcher with the skill set with the arsenal of a power pitcher it's a dangerous combo yeah no it is um so just to throw some stats around there uh ty madden he went four innings four runs against mississippi state opening day with only five strikeouts but if you take his last two starts, this is where this is where I really like, you know, to to compare numbers to numbers. He went seven innings, one hit, eleven strikeouts against BYU. Obviously, not you know SEC caliber, Big Twelve caliber, but still a solid team. And then he went nine innings, two hits, fourteen punchouts against Houston. So in his last two starts, sixteen innings, three hits, twenty-five strikeouts. Who was leading the country going into that Friday night game? Who's leading the country in what? And home run, what team? Oh, the Houston Cougars were, and they didn't even barrel any balls up, I don't think, off of Ty Madden. No, one of their hits off Ty Madden within the eighth inning, I think it was, with a double that the center fielder just completely missed. Misplayed it, yeah. So, but hey, you know who we're not speaking of that you can put in this category? Uh, who? Bryce Miller from Texas A&M. Yeah, okay. You know, his, his, he's electric, but still – 
I, I still would not put him in this category. I think this is a three-man race. And as of right now, as far as they're going to be the top three pitchers drafted this season. And I think the biggest debate and why we're even having this debate is that MLB scouts and organizations just went ahead and got the permanent marker, put Kumar Rocker's name number one overall before the season started. Dude, and he probably will go number one. He will. And so what I want to do now is compare his stats to Jack Leiter's stats because, Dimitri, they are almost pinpoint exactly the same. 0.6 ERA for both of them. 15 innings pitched for both of them. Kumar's given up six hits. Jack Leiter's given up five. Both one earned run, seven walks. Jack Leiter has 26 strikeouts. Kumar Rocker has 25. Now, the only difference that I see between the two is Kumar Rocker's given up four extra base hits. They were all doubles. Jack Leiter has given up zero extra base hits this year. Zero. Do you know what that means? He's missing the barrel. He's Guys missing barrels. But, I mean, Kumar Rocker, Kumar Rocker is also missing barrels, too. But yeah, but how but, crazy is it that they have almost identical numbers this year? You want to know what's even more crazy? They're on the same freaking team. Same team. Like, hey, you get one of them one day. Next day, hey, you actually get to face someone just as good, maybe even better. I mean, so, they could, man, they could lose every third game of a series and still go 30 and 20. Yeah, well, they're not doing that. They're gonna, they're gonna go. No, but think well, about that. They're gonna have think 40 about wins that. this year. Think about that, though. Yeah, but they're. I mean, their number three guy has a one point seven four ERA. Yeah, it's Thomas Schultz. Uh, anyways, just moving on. Uh, that debate is just gonna be. I mean, we're gonna get tweeted at. I know for for saying that we like Ty Madden maybe a little bit more than Kumar Rocker. I don't know. Like, but, I think they're all even, but those three guys are definitely on the top. Um, but kind of moving on, we had another great hold pitching on, hold performance. On, hold on. Hold okay. on. You might not think Bryce Miller is in that category, which is fine. You have your opinion. This guy went seven shutout with 15 strikeouts, was 95-98, and he was sitting 96-97 in the seventh. And it it wasn't even close, Ben. But New Mexico I mean, he State. Was, yeah, New Mexico State. They, you, I mean, if you throw 97-98, you should do that to New Mexico State. There's plenty the same, of guys out there that the same throw team, 98. There's the same of, team that that was raking, um, and the same team that could mash a year ago and the year before that. New Mexico State is a hitting team, and they had um, they had like three other guys. Peterson, I remember him, but huh? yeah, they had uh, the guy with the last name Peterson. I forget his name, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so they have they they're a hitting school. They like they don't just suck at hitting every year. You know what I mean? And Bryce Miller was electric. Yeah, but at the end of the day, he's gonna get he's gonna get zero All American votes because the other All American votes are going to Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, and Ty Madden. At least in my opinion, I don't think but that Bryce, doesn't mean he's not good. No, but he's just not on the same level as the other three. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, anyways, let's move on. Uh, I want to talk about a pitching performance from Tanner Bybee of Cal State Fullerton. Complete game, three hit, um, five strikeouts, 88 pitches for a complete game. That's the kind of stuff that's impressive to me. Like 88 pitches, probably through at least 70 of them for strikes, pounding the zone, get in, get out, good win, boys. Let's go home. Let's win tomorrow. Who does that, who does that remind you of? That's so Cal State Fullerton. Who does that remind you of? From Cal State Fullerton or – like major bonafide that's just so bonafide Greg Maddox. Fullerton. Thomas Th- no Tommy oh, Eshelman. Eshelman. Oh yeah. Eshelman. Eshelman threw like 90 90% strikes his junior year, got drafted. Um yeah, no the Cal State Fullerton is just like, hey, we're gonna pound the zone. You guys go ahead and beat us. We have great defense. Um, but I did want to give a shout out to Mr. Bybee there. Uh I mean, shoot, man. He's gonna he's gonna win a lot of games for him this year. I don't think Fullerton's as talented as they have been in the past, but they're going to win every Friday. I mean, Tanner Bybee, he's uh, he's the real deal. Uh, other things I want to talk about, we have Mississippi State no-hitter today. Combined no-hitter against the Golden Flashes. At one of the, the worst, I mean, one of the worst uniform games I've seen in a long time. All gold versus all black. Um, it, it looked like a football game going on out there. But, yeah, shout-out. We, we definitely appreciate no-hitters on this podcast. We always give shout-outs there. Um, Is that our second this year? Is, uh, yeah, Ohio threw one last weekend. Yep, I think that's their second. There might have been another one mixed in. 
Uh-huh. Maybe not. I, I'm sure there has been. I'm sure there's been other no hitters. But yeah. Anyways, um, you want to talk a little bit about the uh, the Houston College Classic? How you went nine and zero? You want to have a little moment here to showboat about that? Um, I did go nine and zero. The only person to go nine and zero. The mm, dude. Maybe I just know my shit. Maybe maybe Ben. Maybe I am a guru. I don't. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Um, I think you no, got lucky but, with that Sam Houston versus TCU projection. No, dude, I'm telling you. So looking at their schedule, Sam Houston played Rice, then they played Texas Tech, and then they played TCU. So what I was thinking was they're going to blow out Rice, no problem, right? Which they did. They did. Then I thought Texas Tech to be a hard-fought game. Um, they're going to lose. And I was thinking they're going to come out ready to – beat the shit out of TCU because they're pissed off that you know they couldn't beat Texas Tech. They 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 want they're not gonna go one and two in this tournament. I think I think they were good enough to not go one and two. So I I saw that TCU game and I'm thinking TCU on Sunday they lost to Texas Tech. They're playing Texas State and they're like, okay, we got to play one more against Sam Houston, you know, whatever. And I thought, you know what? I like Sam Houston State to win this game. And then yeah. the rest of them, the rest of them, it was pretty big, pretty straightforward. Yeah, pretty chalky there. There was a lot of people that went eight and one. Um, I mean, Corpus Christi wasn't going to beat TCU. Um, Texas State wasn't going to beat Texas Tech or TCU, in my opinion. And Rice. Rice was not beating Texas State and Sam Houston, but I thought Corpus Christi and Rice were pretty evenly matched. Yeah. Uh, I was really disappointed in Rice. I know they won on Saturday against – uh, Aiden Corpus, Corpus Christi. Christi, they beat them pretty bad. But the dude, I'll tell you what's really bothered me about Rice. Just over like the last three or four years, they they changed their uniforms. They used to have the classiest like pearl white uniforms, the the awesome gray uniforms with like the script letters across. Now they're into this like Adidas stuff with like the the weird font Rice and the new logo, new owl logo. They look like crap. They played like crap. They are not the same organization and, and program that they had in the past. One of the most decorated college baseball programs of all time. You know, I think they won 22 straight Conference USA titles. Or, sorry, not Conference USA because they were in the whack for a little bit. But just like conference titles, they were in like 22 straight regionals and like probably three or four College World Series appearances, including a 2003 national championship. And now ever since Matt Braga coming over from Tennessee Tech, after they had that like once in a life or once in a program Cinderella super story. regional, yeah, they, the Cinderella story, and they hire him and he's not recruiting good players. They look tiny out there. They they're just rice baseball is a complete dumpster fire and it kills me because I I used to be one of the biggest rice baseball fans growing up. Went to a ton of games, and you know they they're an embarrassment. They're probably like the tenth to twelfth best Texas school out there. Uh, I mean. You go down the list, Tex- I mean, Texas Tech, TCU, Texas, Sam Houston State, Houston, um, Baylor. San Antonio. UTSA is better than them right now. Um, Texas State's better than them right now. Who am I forgetting? Um, Corpus Christi. Oh, no, no, they played the, each yeah, other. I wouldn't say Corpus Christi, but uh, – oh, Dallas Baptist is way ahead of Houston. Them. Yeah, those I mean, Rice baseball used to be number one, no doubt, with Tech. I mean, Texas and Rice were the two premier programs in the state of Texas. Oh, Texas take, AM. Texas AM, we forgot about them. They've been to a couple college world series. Are you taking UT Arlington over Rice? Uh, I mean, no, I wouldn't say that yet, but it's just embarrassing. Rice baseball was a baseball or Rice was a baseball school through and through. Ton of success. And now they're over here. They went two and fourteen last year before COVID. COVID was the best thing that ever happened to Rice baseball because they were going to finish like nine and forty, nine and fifty maybe. I, no, I. I mean, I'm letting you just go off here. It's um, so I, I don't, dumb. I, get Matt Braga out, or is that his name, Braga? Matt Braga. Get him out of there. Get, so you think? It, you I think- know it was. Listen to this. I know it was between Braga and like I know Lance Berkman was in the conversation about possibly getting a head coach job. There were there were hundreds of better candidates than Matt Braga, hundreds. It's just a dumpster fire. Get him back to the OVC. Get him back to the Ohio Valley Conference. Let me Maybe. ask you this, Ben. Do you think? Do you think Matt Braga is not the answer? This is what his third year there. I mean, I hate 
putting it on one I'm asking, coach. I'm asking you. I'm yeah, I hate putting you. it on one coach, but you look around and I mean everything was going fine with with Wayne Graham. I mean every I mean they pushed him out of town. They they basically said retire or you know take this new position. You're done here. They hire Matt Braga. I mean, I think I think Rice. It's not like you look at Rice's roster right now and think, oh man, they're super talented. Like they just haven't put it together yet. Like, no, they have like, they look tiny out there on the field. They have no dudes. Like they don't have anybody that's going to blow you away on the mound. It's just embarrassing, man. Uh, I mean, it's embarrassing. Let me ask you this. I am, this is what I think of when I think of Rice and Matt Braga. I think it's like college football, big school. It's just the timing thing. So when they pushed Wayne Graham out, they looked at the field of Canada and they thought Matt Braga, young, hot, just took a team to a super, been building a program over there. This is that's what we want over here. But Rice is a is a um, what do you call it? like a, a blue pure a, a blue yeah a blue blood program yeah right. Right, yeah, blue blood. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, they're a blue blood program. They're an elite program. When you look at the last thirty years of college baseball, they could. I don't think they Rice... could have hired away anybody. Like there would have been probably two hundred and ninety coaches that would have taken that Rice job in a heartbeat. Okay, but hold on. Do you think Alabama is going to go sign the hot up and coming coach from the University of Cincinnati or from UCF? Alabama's no. not hiring them. No. They're going to go take a big name across the level. They're going to go straight to LSU. They're going to go straight to Clemson. They're going to go straight to, you know, schools on the same level as them. For sure. So Rice should have went after Vanderbilt pitching coach, Vanderbilt's hitting coach. They should have went after LSU coordinators or assistant. They should have went after Texas Tech's assistant. They should have went – even level with what their program was. I think that was my opinion on that. No, I agree. And and I guess it's like hindsight's 2020. Like you look back and think, oh, they should have done this. They should have done this. I'm not, a, I'm not mad about that. I think at the time, Matt Braga, he built a, a great program, a championship winning program um, at Tennessee Tech, which is hard to do. And, you know, he probably came in with tons of ideas and tons of ways to help, you know, help the program, but it just hasn't worked out. I, I imagine this is going to be his last season there. He probably knows it as well. But uh, I don't want to spend all this time talking about Rice baseball. I just had to vent a little bit because it's truly embarrassing. And I don't know I don't know if they'll ever bounce back. I think the curse of Wayne Graham might last forever. It's kind of like, you know, I think Rice and Miami are kind of similar. Miami football, you know, we, we were the, they were the ghosts of college football. Rice was the ghost of college baseball. And maybe the times are just changing. Maybe, maybe, maybe Rice is just not meant to be good anymore. Because when you look at recruiting in the state of Texas, you would think there's enough players to make more than one program really good. Mm-hmm. Maybe players are just not thinking about Rice anymore. Because you know how it is with social media and popularity. The big schools, the SEC, the Big Twelve—that's where the big players want to go. Back in the day, you just went to where the best, the best baseball program. Yeah. But now you got the social media. You, when you tell your friend you're committed to Texas Tech, they think, ooh, or like whatever. When you're committed to Rice, it's kind of like, nice, man. Congrats. Nice. Cool, man. Is that D1? <laughs> like, congrats. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, I do want to talk about Arkansas because they remain undefeated. There's only like probably six undefeated teams left, I want to say, maybe five. But No, there's actually um, – so I'll tell I'll, I'll tell you right now. You you go ahead and look that up. I'm gonna talk about Arkansas. I, I already know and, it. I know uh, what, it. What is it? So going into the weekend or going as of last Monday, there were um, 15 undefeated teams. Memphis has lost. Charlotte has lost. Stetson has lost. Richmond has lost. Incarnate Word has lost. Kentucky has lost. Eastern Kentucky has lost. Lehigh has lost. So now we have Oklahoma State, Navy, USC Upstate, South Carolina, Southern Illinois, Arkansas, and St. John are undefeated. But if you take into account to our shout out to our boys at Lamar, they are 4 0 and undefeated. Michigan, I think, lost today um, to Iowa. They split the doubleheader, so they're not undefeated. Ohio State started 3 0, then they lost today to Illinois. So nine schools. 
technically we have about nine school. Yeah. So cool. Uh, but like Arkansas, I mean, is the number one team in the nation. We'll go through our top 25 here in a second, but dude, they would not be the number one team in the nation without our freaking boy, Robert Moore, uh, who is probably one of the most clutch players we've seen in college baseball late in the game. Uh, we saw him almost hit a walk-off home run midweek against, I think it was Moorhead state or Murray state or one of those. And then he goes ahead and I mean, two homers on Friday or was it, it was Saturday actually to put them ahead. Robert Moore is a sleeper for the golden spikes award because I think he's just going to get better as the season goes on. Listen to me. Stop. Stop. I I see the look you're giving me. He is a stud. He's going to win hitter of the week this week. He's not going to be a golden spike finalist. You're, you're, you're speaking, you're not speaking facts. If he's the best player on the number one team, you have to at least consider him. And I think he's going to get better as the year goes on. Ben, Ben, Ben. I'm 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 just gonna I'm just gonna say I do not agree with you. You have your right to your own opinion. Robert Moore will not be a finalist. How much money you want to put on it? I mean, I better get some good odds from this because I don't think he's even like top twenty right now. But um, no, 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 we're not going odds. Just straight up, is he going to be a finalist or not, Ben? Well, like finalist is in what, like top three? Let's just say let's just say he's a, a top 10 what do they do semi-finalist and finalist, yeah i think right? it's semi-finalist is like top 20 or something like that okay but, do you think he's going to be in the semi-finalist yeah i do i really do i i believe in this kid he's swaggy he comes from a baseball family i, I think I, I didn't realize his dad was dating more yeah no i i, I realized that last year but I, I didn't even know that that just went blue right Dude, the thing with me though about him is his clutch ability uh he's i mean he has three homers he's hitting 375 this year five stolen bases five for five in that um i mean he just looks the part he plays excellent defense i mean what more i mean if he goes in the sec and hits 375 this year which is i mean probably unlikely but i mean it's definitely doable i mean what do you think i mean he's got a chance i, I think he's definitely going to be Christian Franklin hitting 308, three home runs, 11 RBI. Yeah, Robert and, Moore has been way better than him this year. Okay, but what I'm okay, but hold on, pump the brakes here. Brady Slavin, 316, four home runs, 11 RBI. Robert so, Moore has been better than him too, all around. Dude, Robert Moore had one double. That's fine. It was off the top of the wall. It should have been a homer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he has so. Let's just say he has four home runs for the point we're trying to make. He's a single or he gets all of it. And I doubt he's going to be getting too many all of it when it comes to SEC play. But, hey, I could be totally wrong, and I'm perfectly fine with being totally wrong. But Robert Moore will not be the best hitter on Arkansas in three weeks from now. Yes, he will. No, he will not. Yes, he will. Um, Anyways, we'll move on from that. But Arkansas will be the number one team again. They're 10-0. Unbelievable. Great start to the season. But we're going to see what they're really made of when they start SEC play this next week. You know who we were really wrong about? We were wrong about Georgia Tech. They're the real deal. They, dude, and their, their lineup is so young. I think they start four freshmen or three freshmen in the lineup, and they can they all break. Kevin Parada behind the plate is the next Joey Bart. Uh, he can rake, and he just he looks good behind the plate. Dude, they scored six on Friday, 19 on Saturday, 13 on Sunday. They put up 38 runs. <laughs> That's scary. Dude. Against if, Louisville, who might not have the pitching staff that they used to have, but I don't care. Louisville's still going to have above average arm. Oh, yeah, for sure. And we, I mean, we had to drop Louisville pretty far in our rankings after another bad weekend. Uh, we love Louisville. I think they're going to figure it out eventually. But, and we thought they did on Friday when they came out. And what they win on Friday? Like 13, 13 to 6. 6. They were up 10 to 1 in like the seventh or eighth. But yeah, Georgia Tech, I was wrong. Do you think Georgia Tech wins the ACC this year? I mean, dude, I don't see Pittsburgh and I don't see Virginia Tech keeping it up. I think they're good teams. I just don't see – dude, this is how it is every year. You have all these, like, random teams starting off hot and everyone's like, oh, wow, like maybe they're the pick. And then everything evens out by the end of the year. The real team drives to the top. Yeah, it's hard they're, to stay consistent all the way through. That's the thing. So right now – but I, I think – I mean, 
I think George Tech is uh, is real. Yeah, and I have to I have to apologize to Georgia Tech fans. I think like on the second or third episode, I was like, "Yeah, they're going to suck this year. They're not going to be good. They're going to be young." I didn't realize how good those young players are. I, I had no idea. You're not supposed to know how good these young players are. You're not supposed to know they, their high school ranking doesn't mean shit. Because when you yeah. get to college, ball it's a different game. So you're not supposed to know. But we were wrong. Yeah. And speaking of speaking of ACC ball and stuff. Miami, we have them. We have them ranked still pretty, pretty high, like seven or eight or something. I'm not. I mean, I watched two bit some pieces of all three games. They don't impress me. They, yeah, they won two out of three at NC State, but they, they, they don't impress me. Like when you watch them, you don't think, damn, this team is good. There really hasn't been an ACC team that's like blown me away with their abilities. I think Georgia Tech. I think, but still, I think they're all very evenly matched. Like you go down the list, and I mean, sure, let's let's use like North Carolina for example. North Carolina looked really good today, but Friday and Saturday against um, Virginia Tech, I mean, they did not look like the better team. And you have teams like Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh and Notre Dame and Boston College, who usually in the past haven't done anything in ACC, and now they're hanging with the blue or quote unquote blue bloods. And they're winning series now. And so, I mean. I love, good. I love Virginia Tech's energy. I love their passion. I love watching. The best, the best home run celebration in the game. Dude. The, the hammer. All, oh my God. Dude, if I'm a pitcher, I am literally standing on the mouth saying, I'm not fucking giving up a home run. I'm not fucking them letting them <laughs> get the hammer out. I'm not letting them get the hammer out. Like Max Scherzer, <laughs> psycho, like talk to yourself. I'm not letting it happen. I'm not letting it happen. I'd rather give up four singles than a homer. <laughs> but I will say, if I'm in the other dugout, I am secretly enjoying watching them celebrate. You, yeah. know, how, you know how when you're sitting in the dugout, you're like, God, I feel so guilty, but I enjoy watching this. <laughs> <laughs> that used to happen to me, too. I'd be like, oh, man. I, I like, the gra- like, damn, I wish I was on that team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to go too, into, too much into detail on that. But, yeah. I know where you're coming from. Now, the, the real question is, like, obviously, when the turnover chain happened with Miami football, there was a bunch of copycats and duplicates. What's Who's going to be the first team to, to copy Virginia Tech's hammer? Because that is electric, and there's going to be a team out dude, there. That, dude, Alabama had the, had the celebration chain. Yeah, but no, it's nowhere close to the hammer. Oh, but Alabama had the big we old get, chain. Are we going to see like a chainsaw this year? I think that's the next step. I think some team breaks out a chainsaw. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I can see it if, now. If, if, could you imagine like some like it's going to be like school. some yeah, Dude, like Marshall, like Dude, Marshall no. or somebody like that. Like I could totally see Louisiana Lafayette. I know they don't call them Lafayette anymore, but I'm going to. I could see them coming out of the dugout with the smoke coming out and just rawr, 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 from like chainsaw. <laughs> like, you know I, what I mean? I know it's gonna happen. Some teams are gonna be listening to this, but and they're gonna get a chainsaw. They're 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 in they're in the lead right now for celebration. That that it was it was so choreographed. It, it looks like they practice it. I think they do. I think they practice that. They've been I practicing. Mean, we need it to find time. out if they just came up with that on the fly. Who came up with it, and if they practice? You know right. what? We'll get we'll get we'll get one of their guys on. We'll get one of their guys on the show for sure. Um, speaking. And, Speaking of um, ACC, just we had a non-conference series. I know they're in, most of the teams are in week two of conference play, but the most epic comeback of all time, at least in my college baseball memories, happened today with Auburn at home up nine to one. Two or I think it was two outs in the ninth, and they were still up nine to one, and they lose the game. They give up eight more runs with two outs in the ninth, and then give up two runs in the tenth to lose to Boston College. Now. I know it's probably a fluke thing. Like if they did that a hundred times, it happens once maybe. But Boston College two out rally down to their last strike three different times. And if you want to go back and watch every single clip, Dimitri actually clipped it and posted it to Twitter. Um, they were I mean, du- double single walk hit by pitch double single three run homer, boom tie game going to the tenth and then they hit a two run homer to take the lead. Did Sal Freilich. Is a dog. He's the real deal, dude. That guy. That guy last weekend came up big in Boston College's. Um, 
I th- who who Boston, Boston College played last weekend? Um, I'll tell you. Florida one State. Second. They played Duke. Oh, Duke. And Frey, yeah. like, hit a go-ahead home run in one of those games. He also, like, drove in a couple runs. And then this weekend, that was his third home run of the series. Yeah, and he carried his bat all the way to first base and then flipped it in the he, ninth to he tie just the game. Kinda, he just kind of did one of those hold it out, like, let's F- LFG, baby. Like, <laughs> like, and and then you were – and then Peyton Man, uh, oh, my God, Tom Glavin's son comes in for Auburn in the 10th. And – See you later. Another one. And the dude, the announcer was home cooking so bad. He was like with a wall scraper. That ball was way out of the little <laughs> well, Fenway It's a Jr. wall scraper, but their wall is 40 feet tall. Like, what do you mean a wall scraper? The that ball is, is gone. I mean, it, the the, fin, the left field fence is 35 feet tall. Fen, it's a little mini Fenway. Yeah. It, it, how are you going to call it a wall scraper? Like when the – never mind. I don't even want to go off on that. But, yeah, I heard that too. And I was like, well, no – no duh, it was a wall scraper. The thing Dude. is three three stories high. <laughs> three times they were in O2 count with two out. Three and, times and they came back and won. Isn't Unbelievable. How, how cra- and Dude, the guy hit it, the guy hit a two or a, a double in the gap, like one or two runs scored. You didn't really see anybody celebrating. It was like cool, cool. And then it was like double down the left field line. They were like Holy shit, dude. Let's keep it going, baby. Let's get next thing you know it. It's nine to nine. And then Auburn's closer has like the the Kenny Powers look, the Fu Manchu, and it, it just his face Handlebars. after all that was just like, oh my God, did this really just happen? He went straight to his knees, dude. Yeah. That, what what I think Virginia Tech, um, I think they're playing with a lot of energy. That's like Boston I said, College. Hey, I'm gonna stop you now. Like I said, Boston College, not Virginia Tech. Oh, I mean, uh no, Virginia Tech. But I'm going back because we were talking about both of them. Oh my god, you just switched subjects on me. Okay. No, but um, I think okay, same thing with Boston College. But I think they're actually a good program. I don't know if they're going to win the Atlantic Division. Um, there's a lot of baseball to be played. Who knows what can happen between now and April 1st, for example. Yeah, just the month of March alone, because they're going to have but three more series in March. And I think th- Virginia Tech. I think they're playing with so much energy and like swag and whatever. It's hard to keep it up, dude. Most teams, hey, you know what the good teams are? They play hot early. They get cold in the middle of the season. Then they get hot again at the end. It only matters if you're hot at the end of the season. So It, it literally only matters. Who cares about the regular season if you can't do any damage in the tournament? No, you, people don't remember what you did in March or April. Yeah. They remember what you did in May and June. For sure. So. And- Anyways, yeah, uh, um, another topic I want to talk about is uh, how about a tie? We had a tie today, and it was just com- – oh, dude, it makes me so frustrated thinking about it. It was a travel curfew tie. The game started at noon, Central, and they couldn't finish the game. Hours. Grand Canyon was at Oklahoma State, and I understand Grand Canyon is probably eight to ten-hour bus trip, uh, which qualifies them for a mid-major. But – you're in a tie game. You just gave up the lead, two out homer in the ninth to Oklahoma State. They tied it up. You're winning the game, and then you can't go into extra innings because of curfew. Like, what's the difference between getting back at one a.m. and let me 2 get, let me let me let me explain to you. I think why that happened. Grand Canyon probably had their flight booked already. By the I, way, they probably flew. I, we need to figure out if they flew or if they no. If they dude, rode a you're bus. not flying. You're not driving to Oklahoma from Arizona. It's not that far. I'm about to I'm about to Google Maps this. You just go Google, ahead and talk. Google Map Google Maps it. You keep talking. I'm Googling I, this right usually now. Usually curfews happen when teams have a flight to catch because it's pre-booked, pre-scheduled. The game was going four hours. They didn't have time for extra innings. So I think that's why they had to delay because Grand Canyon has to, to shower, pack everything up, and get to the airport. Oh my that's god, Demetri, I was I was way wrong. All right, hand up, hand up. I messed this up. It is a 15-hour drive between the two schools, and yeah. that's probably like a 20-hour bus ride. Yeah, dude. Oklahoma and Arizona <laughs> are not close. <laughs> My geography was way off right there. Yes, you're absolutely right. It, there was definitely a plane, a flight book. But, okay, let's just go ahead and say, um, can we not get a later flight? Like, wh- who scheduled the flight at, like, 6 o'clock? Like, let's make this well, think flight. think about it. Think about it. Noon game. Three you 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 average about three and a half hours for a game, just thirty minutes extra, 
plus an hour to the, they already used up all that time because they were at four, four and a half. They don't have time for extra inning, in my opinion. But uh, let me let me ask you this, Ben. Is Oklahoma State still undefeated? Yes, they're undefeated by definition, but they're not. They, someone tweeted at us. I, I need to find out who it was. Someone tweeted the perfect explanation. They are still undefeated, but they don't have a perfect record. That sums it up. They're 9 0 1. They're undefeated. They haven't been beaten yet, but they, they don't have a perfect record. That, that's the only way to describe it. But yeah, you still consider them an undefeated team, have not lost yet, even though you know it took a two out homer in the ninth to tie it up and finish with a tie, which I hate. I mean, they should have just went into like a home run derby. If you don't have time to play extra innings, let's just have a home run derby real quick. I pitch you. Five pitches. Who hits the first homer? I think both teams would have been down for that. I think Oklahoma State wins that by a landslide. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows if Grand Canyon has any dogs on the team that wants to hit some bombs? But um, I guess I understand the tie now. But I was a little frustrated going into it. Um, I just hate ties. Whatever. Anyways, um, two last things I want to talk about before we release our top twenty-five and our mid-major top twenty-five. There was uh, there was indoor baseball. Indoor baseball at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota, where the Vikings play. There was a round-robin little, like, three- or four-game series between Indiana, Minnesota, and Rutgers, and that was cool to see. It kind of brought us back to the old Metrodome baseball days with Minnesota Twins and all that. Uh, They had the football field still marked out, but weird dimensions. But it was just good to see the Big Ten kind of have, like, a little bubble there where, you know, COVID bubble, three teams come in, don't play in front of fans, and it was fun. It was cool to see indoor college baseball. I'm a big fan of that. But I mean, but I mean, Big Ten does that every year. I they know. just have a more tournament style with you know because I think Duke was there last year. Um, but yeah, no, I love, I loved. So their what Metrodome. the Big Ten? What the Big Ten did was they had a bubble in Minnesota and then a Floor bubble field in, in Greenville, in Greenville too, and Frisco, and Frisco, and that was cool. I think they should start their season like that every year. Like, kind of nobody wants to go out to a game in Iowa or. Indiana and maybe there are people I'm sure there are but uh in in the cold weather February March nobody wants to nobody wants to be there there's people from all over that would go watch college baseball uh, at neutral sites a little tournament for the Big Ten so that was cool to see uh props to the Big Ten welcome to the barbecue welcome to the cookout glad you guys started your season I give you props for the way you structured it that was cool and so besides that the last thing I want to talk about before we release our top 25 is how about LSU hosting Oral Roberts? Who was the answer to our trivia question last week? Uh, the, the most NCAA regional appearances since 2000. Oral Roberts has a great program over there. And they went in Friday night and put up three touchdowns in a two-point conversion against LSU, win that game, and then they win again today, come back and win in the ninth or the eighth inning, something like that, and beat LSU two out of three in Alex Box Stadium. That shouldn't happen. LSU, shame on them. We had to drop them a little bit from our rankings. Uh, you got to win that series if you're LSU. It do, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, I don't care if you lose the series. How the hell do you give up 22 runs to Oral Roberts on a Friday night? Maybe Oral Roberts is the real deal. And LSU is a pretender, not a contender. Did Jaden Hill start that game on Friday night? No, I don't think so. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just going off of pure speculation. Jaden Hill is not part of a 22 run. I'm gonna fact check that real quick. I really, I surely hope he didn't. Uh, back check it. I'm fact checking that right now. But uh, you know, Oral Roberts is only four and seven this year, and two of their wins came against LSU. That's embarrassing. They just let's see. They lost one to Little Rock. Two to Missouri State, one to or two to South Alabama, and then Wichita State, and then they go into LSU and put up twenty-two runs, eight in the first inning. No, okay, I got to see if if Jaden Hill pitched this game because they put up eight runs in the first inning, Dimitri. Oh my God, Jaden Hill went one third of an inning, eight earned runs, five hits, two walks. Oh my God, Uh, he must be hurt. Uh, I'm just gonna say he's hurt. <laughs> I hope to God he's hurt. Yeah, you you just want to take the hurt route. Just make that excuse. totally just destroyed his chances of any kind of like 
Golden Spikes award or anything like that because he was 2-0 and going into this start. Pitched really well this year. Wow. I'm I'm actually upset that I, I that I looked that up. I wish I would not have seen that. And and the worst part is Oral Roberts still wasn't even good enough to make our mid-major top 25. Our Four mid-major six top 25 is pretty loaded. Yeah, but you would think after taking a series against LSU, you'd be like, oh, yeah, these guys are the real deal. Book them in a regional, but, but we, no. We haven't seen enough of them yet. Four and six, and so that means you're two, two and six against teams that are worse than LSU. That's not a good look, but maybe – I mean, it's definitely a team we're going to follow the rest of the year. We got to. I mean, they might turn it on. Their offense might be clicking. Uh, do you know what conference they're in? I'm pretty sure they're in the Horizon, correct? Horizon, yeah. They have. To, I think they're in the Horizon. Can you name four other teams in the Horizon? Huh? Without looking it up, can you name four other teams in the Horizon? No, no. Or is or or Robert Horizon or Southland? I don't know, dude. I just asked you. You said Horizon. They're actually not in the Horizon. This is. They're in the summit, I think. They are in the summit, 100% in the summit. Are they? I'm about to look it up. Yeah, summit. They're in North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Omaha, and yep. Western Illinois. Yep. That's a we- that's that, that's that weird little conference, dude. Western because, Illinois was the team that beat Louisville two weeks ago. Yep. Western, the, the Roughnecks, Leathernecks. Leathernecks. <laughs> What a conference, man. We might become a Summit League podcast. Maybe just follow those six teams and you know, create our own little Summit League podcast. Anyways, um, it'll be interesting to see who gets the at-large or the automatic bid out of that conference. Who knows? Hey, Ben, you want to know after we do our top 25, I do have trivia questions again. Okay. Um, and I haven't told you them yet, so you won't know them either. Let's just do the trivia now. I'm ready for it. No, no, top 25 first. All right, let's do the top 25 first. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let's just start with the mid-major top 25. Uh, okay. We're going to go 25 to 1 this week. So we're not going to go we're not going to go 1 to 25 just to build up a little bit of change it up switcheroo. Yeah, yeah we're going to build some some dramatics at the end. But anyways, so number 25, we have Stetson. Stetson went 0-3 this weekend, got swept, but they were 10-0 to start the season. Dimitri kind of called it last podcast. He said, South Florida is going to show up ready. Stetson, you know, they're not going to be up for their third straight weekend. It's hard to do in baseball. So we still have them in the top 25. They dropped quite a bit, but 10-3 this year, good start. Then we have UNLV, who's 5-1 to start the season. Um, pretty good start. They've beaten like Nevada, I think, and one of those other West Coast teams. Had to give them a little shout-out, though, because it ranked pretty high in the RPI. Then we have Georgia State, who everybody knows has the toughest non-conference schedule, have some they quality wins. this weekend, dude. They yeah, got they humbled. They got swept by Tennessee, but they did beat Georgia Tech midweek, and they have the win against Vanderbilt. And um, I forget, Florida, they have another big win this year. But you look that up. I'll go ahead and just start doing some more. Then we have back-to-back Texas schools. We have UTSA Roadrunners 5-2 and two this year and the Lamar Cardinals, who are 4-0. and oh one of the unbeaten teams. And then we get to number 20, which totally shocked me. This team has the longest winning streak in the nation. The Navy midshipmen, 4-0 this year, finished last year on a 14-game winning streak. So they've won 18 games in a row, just completely flying under the radar. No pun intended. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what Navy (laughs) ship. That was a really good one. Yeah, it just came to me. I didn't even mean to say that. But So Navy's at 20. Then we have Grand Canyon, the Antelopes, 3-7-1. And and Pacific Tigers, 5-4 at number 18. Ball State, number 17. They're 6-4. UNC Wilmington, 7-3. UNC Greensboro, 9-2. Georgia Southern, 6-5. USC Upstate, 9-0, one of the unbeaten teams remaining. A bunch of their players follow us and listen to the podcast, so shout-out to the Spartans there. Thanks for the follows. Um, then top 12, we got number 12, San Diego State. Louisiana Tech at number 11. They're both 7-3. and three. And then Indiana State had a huge series win uh, this weekend. They're at number 10, 6-4 this season. And then number nine, we had to drop the UC Irvine Anteaters down a little bit. They're four and four to start the year. They did play really well against UCLA two weeks ago, but this past weekend they struggled quite a bit. I think they – did they end up getting swept by Stanford or somebody like that? 
I don't remember who it was, but they're at number nine. Florida Gulf Coast split with Florida Atlantic, so they're seven and three, sitting at number eight spot. Southern Miss, kind of a rough start to the season, six and five. I think they're one of the most talented mid-major teams out there, but they're at the number seven spot. Then we have our boys at Southern Illinois, the Salukis, eleven and zero, at number six. And we looked at their uh, predicted on WarrenNolan.com. You can see what your predicted record is going to be at the end of the season, and. Warren Nolan predicts them to go 53 and three. <laughs> I mean, we did look at their schedule. They have Dallas Baptist and Indiana State back to back four game series. They are predicting them to go eight and zero in those four games. No chance. No happening. chance they go 53 and zero. But this could be a 45 win club. They're talented. Nick Novell is the real deal. Probably one of the best mid major hitters out there. He's got the chance for the mid major hey. uh, Kyle Lewis award, but. We can go ahead and say it. He was supposed to be on the show tonight, but you know how the SIDs and compliance are. We have to go navigate that route because you know how much, so much faster if we could just say, yo, dude, come on the pod. And you're like, hell yeah, we want to be on the pod. And then you're like, oh, wait, we got to get confirmation. Yeah. So he'll he'll be on the show. He he already agreed to be a guest. We just have to get some, uh, the approval real fast. But Southern Illinois is at number six. Then we have Coastal Carolina at number five. They're seven and three. Great start to the season. Dallas Baptist, seven and three. They took care of business this weekend in the Frisco Classic. And then um, top three goes Santa Barbara, moves from number one to number three. They're six and five to start the year. They looked terrible this weekend, got swept we, by Oregon. We, we, I mean, it was kind of a, a battle between Santa Barbara, Dallas Baptist, and Coastal. But I still think, I still think Santa Barbara, they, I think they're, they deserve to be three awful weekend but let's see what they do next weekend yeah let's see if they bounce back next weekend and then number two louisiana raging cajuns nine and four this year coach deggs has the boys he just runs a great program he was with sam houston state for the for the like three years whenever they went to three regionals and i think a super regional as well so he's back at his alma mater and then number one florida atlantic owls eight and two overall they split with with florida gulf coast this weekend one and one but they did beat the Florida Gators in a midweek. They're off to a great start. Overall, we just felt like they were the number one team in the mid-major. Obviously, this could change, but right now they're playing great baseball. Two of their better hitters are freshmen as well, so they're stepping up into big roles. Very pumped to uh, follow that team the rest of the season and see if they can win Conference USA. Now, to our normal top 25, Dimitri. You want to go ahead and get us started? We're going 25-1. to For our top 25... We had a couple new teams in there this week. So joining the ranking, we have Alabama, who is ten and two. They t- lost one nothing on Saturday in the low scoring game of the week, and then they beat the break. They throttled College Charleston Friday and Sunday. Put up twenty runs today. Um, at number twenty four, we have Florida Atlantic. We just talked about them. Um, so Ben and I, we had to discuss, you know, because Santa Barbara, um, they were. I think number 13 or something last week, number 10 or 13 last week in our ranking. They, they just, they didn't look very good against Oregon. Um, not saying they're not a good team. It's just when it comes to ranking and coming to, you know, figuring out who's where you got to show up each weekend or at least show some sort of glimpses of why you belong, where you belong in the ranking. So we put, we thought Florida Atlantic right now is the better team. So they deserve to be in the top 25 and we bump Santa Barbara out. It's still early. There's so much movement in the top 25 early in the season. At 23, we have Oregon. They're six and two, four and oh this week. And then at number 22, we have Arizona who was in our, I think they were in our week one ranking bin. Yeah. And they're 10 and two, four and oh, they beat the shit out of Oklahoma this weekend and they beat everybody else. At 21, we have Notre Dame who took two out of three from Duke, Ben. Yeah. And they are four and two on the season. And then we have our beloved bird ball, Boston College, entered the ranking at eight and two. Three and one this week, they beat Auburn on the road, two out of three, which is impressive series win. It matters. At number 19, we have North Carolina. They struggled against Virginia Tech this weekend. They're still a good team, eight and three. At 18, we dropped LSU pretty big. Um, they're nine and three on the season, but they're just not 
they're not handling business the way they should be. 17, we have Virginia Tech. They moved up about six, seven spots. 16, we have East Carolina. The East, you know, the thing about East Carolina is they're not really grabbing headlines at all, but they just take care of business. Yeah, they're nine and two this year. And like, we haven't talked about them too much. We haven't talked about East Carolina like at all. Um, maybe we, we will. We will one day when the time is right. At 15, we have Tennessee who manhandled Georgia State and put them back where they belong. Yeah, they're and 11 they, and two to start the year. They went four and zero this week and, and kind of humbled Georgia State a little bit. 14, we have Louisville lost on the road to Georgia Tech. We already talked about them. Seven and four on the year. TCU, eight and three on the year. Three and one this weekend um, at number 12. This was the big, big climber. Oregon State, We they weren't even in our top 25 two weeks ago. And they have stormed up. They haven't lost since their Friday night opening night game against Jordan Wicks. They're 10 and one, three and oh. At 11, we have Georgia Tech, who went 2-2 two and two this week. The thing about – makes no sense. They got they lost 10-1 to one to Georgia State. And then they took two out of three from Louisville. I get it. The weekend matters more. The big schools don't give a shit about the midweek. But at least not 10-1. to one. Yeah. Don't, yeah, at home, too. You can't let that happen. At number 10, we have Texas Tech, 8-3, and 5-0 and oh on the week. That's nine. a team that I'm really looking forward to like following because they're starting to starting to dominate teams now. And they they're looked good up. this weekend in the Shriners Classic. That's a team that like you're gonna see them top five in like the next week or so. I really think they went five and zero this week, which is tough to do. They started out the year three and three. I know they played in that tough Arlington showdown, the uh what's it what's it called? The State Farm showdown now. Yeah. They're going to turn the gears on, Oklahoma man. They're going, to be the best. They're going to be the best team in the Big 12. Oklahoma State breaks the top 10. They're at number 9, 9-0-1, um, 3-0-1 this week. Florida at number 8. These two teams, Florida and Miami, I'm not sure about them yet. They don't look incredible yet. but they're They still, have the talent, though. They're still good team. It's just it's, we'll see what happens with them. Florida is 9-3. Miami is 5-4. At number six, we have UCLA, who is finally starting to wake up. We were, yeah, I might have jinxed them, dude. <laughs> you might have woke them. You, you might have got up their ass a little bit. I know. I, I went off on them last week, said they can't score. They play boring baseball. And I think they put up close to 100 runs this week. They were just tattooing baseballs. At number five, we have Ole Miss, who went 5-0, and 10-2 and on the season. You know Ole Miss was like in a one-run game all three games, if I'm correct. If I remember correctly, they were, I mean, they hit a home run to break a 3-3 tie in the eighth. And then today it was like a 6-5 game, 4-5 game. It was close. Yeah, a lot of beer showers, though, this weekend against Belmont. And you know who, who didn't take part in that? Kale Baker. I need Still a, haven't I need seen a, him yet. Still haven't he, seen he him. He had one home run. He had one home run, but we need to see him get going a little bit. Yeah. Hey, quick trivia. Where did Kale Baker play his freshman year of college baseball? Junior college? Nope. Um, give me a hint. Bearcats. I mean, either Cincinnati or Sam Houston. That's why I said Bearcats, because I knew you were going to pick the Sam Houston State one. He was actually at Cincinnati. I said Cincinnati or Sam Houston. I didn't. I didn't. I ignored okay. the first part. I just okay. heard <laughs> Sam Houston. Um, but yeah, he went to Cincinnati. First year. I didn't know. I heard it on the broadcast. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's cool. And then at number four, South Carolina took business to get this weekend against who? Mercer. Our Mercer Bears pitched so well this weekend, which I did not expect. And then they scored one run in 27 innings. Dude, I feel like I I ripped their pitching staff a new asshole on and Thursday night. Pitchers did great. And they did great this weekend. They held their own. They, they gave them a chance to win. Oh, um, yeah, no doubt. Mercer only scored what? one run in three games. How does that South happen? Carolina didn't hit. West Clark didn't do anything, and they shoved it up on the mound. Yeah. At number three, we have Mississippi State. Some more drama. Mississippi State lost Saturday to Kent State. Took care of business Friday and um, Sunday. I see a lot of Mississippi State Twitter people. They, they, just, they just don't get it. 
I'm not saying they don't get baseball. I'm just saying sometimes they just get so caught up in their fandom that they just don't look at the big picture. You're not supposed to win every single game. Yeah, it's not I mean, easy. You're supposed to sweep teams like Kent State though at home. Yeah, but yeah, but you got to remember, it's still March. It's the first week of March. Teams are still figuring out what they're going to do. Their lineup, who's hitting four hole, who's hitting three hole, who's hitting nine hole, who your weekend rotation is. Sometimes you just don't get the luxury of just knowing all that opening weekend. Yeah, I mean that's fair. So I, I mean, they're, they're still a good team, though, man. We have a ranked they're, third overall. They're a great team. They're they're a really good team. They shove freaking Landon Sim. I put together a little video of his. He dude, he he shoved. He's a dude. He's a big league arm, man. Twenty was it twenty strikeouts and twenty three outs or something like that. Yeah, that he's gotten this year twenty k. But anyway, at number two we have nine and one Vanderbilt, three and zero this week. And then at number one, staying at number one, we have Arkansas, ten and zero, three and zero last week. And they, dude, they're good, man. They're, they're good. good. They got good, dude. They have great pitching. They play unbelievable defense, and you know, they they score just enough runs, and like they have a good enough offense to. Uh, to win but dude it's crazy to think that the top five is all sec teams and you and i before the show were like do we do that like are we allowed to do that and then we were just like screw it man let's do it i mean there's five teams there that all i mean they're all five better than anybody else in that top 25 as of right now i mean obviously you can have teams like ucla and texas tech and oklahoma state georgia tech could break in there oregon state's another team that i really like this year but as of right now, those five SEC schools are head over heels better than everybody else. Yep, I agree. Or head and, sho- head and shoulders better than everybody else. I yeah, don't know what the I, phrase I is. Didn't, I, I heard head over said, heels I, is not the right phrase. <laughs> so, Ben, I have, two, I have two trivia questions this week. Yeah, let's end, the, let's end the show on some trivia. I really, For the listeners out there, I have no idea what he's about to ask. So I might sound foolish or I might sound smart. I don't know. All right, Ben, this is for you. Then the fans can answer as well. So first question, who is the most recent four seed in a regional to make Omaha? The most recent four seed to reach Omaha um, in a regional. Do you want one clue? No, I think I have it. What's the next question? Do you want me to answer these or do you want me to like let the listeners answer? No, you, they have plenty of time to answer it. Okay. Um, well, ask me the second question first. I'll let you know if I'm, I think I know this one, but go, go to the next question. Don't start clicking your keyboard. I, I prop my hands will be up. Look, you can see me. <laughs> hands are up. All right. Who played in the 2014 College World Series and the MLB World Series in the same season? Uh, I know that one. Do you want me to say both of them? Go ahead and say the answer. All right. So the answer to the second question is Finnegan from TCU, and he pitched for the Royals. So I'm going to repeat the question. Brandon, who played in the 2014 College World Series and the MLB World Series? It's Brandon Finnegan. Brandon Finnegan played for TCU in the College World Series, and then he would rapid-fired up through the Kansas City Royals organization, played in Omaha, and they called him up late in the season, and he ended up being a pretty big piece of their big playoff run. Um, yeah, same thing that like Garrett Crochet did for the White Sox this year. Got drafted out of Tennessee and then was on the playoff roster this year for the White Sox. Except Finnegan ended up pitching for the, um, the anyway, Royals okay. in the World Series. Yeah, yeah, so that's – I don't know if that will ever be done again, pitching the College World Series and the Major League World Series in the season. So that's a good the one. Only one. I think he's the only one. Uh, I, man, I'm sure the, someone back in like the 70s and 80s probably did it. Back to the first question. Who is okay. the most recent four seed to make Omaha? So I know that there was a four – I mean, Fresno State was a four seed back in 2007 or six, 2006. Um, and then so, but I think my answer was Washington. Was Washington a four seed when they went back in 2015? Okay, tell no. me the year. Tell me the year, and I think I can get this right. 2012. 2012. Um, and I'll give you a clue. The was Super it pa- Regional with at Oregon? Um, was it Kent State? I know Kent State won that regional at Oregon like 2014 or 13. Then no, okay. no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It was not Oregon. Kent, shit. It was not Oregon. It was at LSU. They won the Super Stony Regional. Stony Brook. Okay. Stony Brook. So look, I knew. I knew it was. 
I knew Stony Brook was a four seed and they made the college world series. You know, Kent State was actually a three seed. Yeah, and I think Washington was a three seed too. I, I thought it was more recent than the Stony Brook. I mean, I, obviously everybody knows that story with Stony Brook. I, if you would have given me, if you would have given me the year to start with, I would have probably narrowed it down to Kent State or Stony Brook. But no, that's a good question because I, I think that. I mean, I thought Washington was a four seed, and that's why my brain was on that. But anyways, I got it wrong. What a, what a, what a, what a rise Stony Brook had that year. That was so much fun to watch. Travis Drankowski was on that team who played, I think, five or six years in the major leagues. They were fun to watch. And they went to Alex Box Stadium, and you're right. I think – or was that the Super Regional that they were in? Super Regional was um, LSU. Or was that the region? I think it might have hmm. – I'll tell you right now. Look at that um, up. That might have been the regional they were in. No, I think it was a super regional. I'll tell you right now. What regional did they come out of? Baton Rouge Super Regional. LSU and um, Stony Brook was the super regional. They came out of the Miami regional. Mm, they okay. beat UCF. They beat UCF in the regional championship. They beat Miami on Friday night to open up the regional. Then they beat LSU in the super. Nice. Okay. Well, cool. Well, um, anyways, that pretty much wraps up our show. We hit up on all the main, main points. Uh, we have a lot of conference play starting back up for a lot of new new conferences, not just the Big Ten and ACC now. So you guys look forward to that. We'll be back um, either Tuesday night or Wednesday night, whatever day works best for us. But we're going to have two other shows this week, and we'll be back Thursday night for the Friday weekend preview. So you guys stick with us. Um, check out all our stuff on Twitter. We killed it again this weekend. Got a lot of new followers. So um, – but anyways, Dimitri, great show, and we'll be back later this week. Yes, sir, Ben. See you next time. Sure.